This podcast is brought to you by Toasted Marshmallow Adventures Studio. Contact them at gettoasted at toastedmarshmallowadventures.com for all of your podcast production needs. You told me to stay tough And you told me Don't take no shit from anyone Well, you lifted me up so high I never touched Good morning, and welcome to Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo. Well, good morning, and welcome to our show at 5 a.m. This is Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo. Good morning, everybody. Today, I'm without Mo, and this is the first time I've recorded um, our podcast without him in it, and it feels a little empty. Um, I do have a really great speaker today. She is my sister. Um, I would say she's my best friend. She's one of the best people I know, but she doesn't have any special titles, um, except for she's a mom and I feel like we should give her some cred for that. Being a mom is tough work and it's one of the best, um, titles that anybody, any girl or mom walking around this planet, uh, well-deserved So, welcome to our show. Her name is Nicole. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm great. It's Monday. I love Mondays. Um, And I'm really excited to have you here in the studio. Well, I'm excited to be here. Good. Super excited to be here. Yeah, so... We wanted to bring her on the show because we had a very interesting conversation a little few days, nights ago. We stay up late. We don't sleep much. Or I guess I don't. And we were talking about when we were little and the way we were brought up. And we came across the book that we had read called The Little Red Hen. And if anybody knows this movie... Or not movie, I'm so sorry. If anybody knows this book title, it's from, well, I know it from the Little Golden Books, right? The Little Golden Books, is that right? I mean, maybe. Yeah, but the the book was actually originated and I looked it up, it was like 1874 and it's been republished and maybe there's been some stuff like changed in translation over the years, but um, the earliest I could find back a cover was 1918, way before our time. But the book is a very um, healthy, interesting book, and we were talking about that. Um, So just to give you a little bit of information about the story, if you don't already know, but it's about a little red hen um, that goes around and tries to find the ingredients to make bread. And then make bread and then... Well, she grows them. Like, she finds this seed. Okay. 
She wants she wants help to plant the seed, but nobody wants to help. We got what? We got a pig, a cow, and a duck. Yeah. So they they we they use little other farm animals. Right, right, right. So she wants to grow the seed, and nobody wants to help her out. She asks for help. Nobody wants to help her out. So she plants the seed and grows the seed, and and maybe I don't remember the exact. I know I'm, I'm details of the story, mm-hmm. but basically. All the steps it takes to grow this seed and turn it into flour and turn it into bread. She's asking for help along the way with all these steps and no, nobody wants to help her out. And she continues to ask, right? She, right? she gives plenty of opportunity for all these friends or, you know, farm animal people to to um, help her with the harvest, knowing that everyone you know she sees the future i think futuristically she's like yeah she's got a goal everyone's gonna she's hungry well yeah and everybody has to eat (laughs) she wants bread but she wants to like she wants people to to eat with her and like you know i I think she wants help who doesn't want help (laughs) right but i think she wants people to help themselves Oh, so. yeah, that's that's uh, so. OK, keep, keep, tell, keep telling yeah, me for more sure, of the story. for sure. OK, so finally she she does all these steps and she bakes the bread and it comes out the oven and she's like, who wants a piece of this bread? And everyone's like, I want a piece of that. <laughs> she that smells that good, right? <laughs> yes. And she's like, no way, Jose. You didn't help me do this. You didn't help me do that. I did all this by myself, and I'm going to sit here and eat it, and you can watch me. Well, actually, (laughs) (laughs) the story does go on to tell that she runs away with the bread. Runs away with the bread. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we were kind of talking about. So the book is meant to teach children the the importance of hard work and personal initiative. And being a part of the team. Right. But that you have to, if you want it, you have to work for it. And then when you don't know that you're going to need it, us, you know, the little red hen was like, no, you're really going to need to know how to take these steps so that you don't go hungry. So I think she was like the teacher or maybe like the mother, you know, like, you know, mother hen, whatever, stuff like that. Like all these things that these characters are, you know, they think they're depicted purposefully. So she was supposed to be this person, this person and and teach the young ducklings and the young piglets, stuff like that. Yeah. The mentor to to teach them how they were going to have to provide for themselves. So. We learned that. We read books all the time when we before we went to bed. I mean, there was lots of different books, like the Good Night book, the um, the potty book. You know, like learning how to be potty trained. And there's not a lot of. I just don't think that there's a lot of like reading going on. And I do remember a few years ago. Well, maybe a lot more than a few, but. A few long years ago that books stopped being, like, the hardbound books stopped being a thing. We went to ebooks, And I feel like that, that sensory loss really <sighs> discouraged people from even reading. You know, like, I think that we just kind of started taking steps back. What do you think? What do I think? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that you're 
along the the right train of thought. The problem is, is we've come to live in a world with instant gratification. I think that we have too much at our fingertips. I don't think that, you know, I mean, think about it. Everyone, I can't, so we go to the doctor's office. I had to take Wyatt to the doctor's office. And in the waiting room, everyone's on their phones. I go to my orthodontist appointment, like mom's on her computer and son's sitting next to her on his phone. Like that's what everybody's doing. So do you think that people are lazy because they know that they can have that instant information whenever you know because it's always accessible information um being able to buy something with the click of your finger and it's placed at your doorstep um we got food stamps available we got medicaid available and granted like these are really good programs they're created for a reason to serve a purpose right i've utilized them myself Mm -hmm. but they're not meant to provide and sustain a way of life life. Mm -hmm. yeah but i think that people have like you just get so used to that idea and so used to taking care of that you forget how to take care of yourself or you don't even learn in the first place i i'm i'm on your page i i'm this like i don't know how we have this disconnect from Providing and learning how to be structured and organized and self-motivated. Okay, so disconnect. Okay, so back to the phone thing. Everyone's looking at a screen. Nobody's looking at each other. No one's talking to each other. No one's listening to each other. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I think the internet was the worst creation in the whole entire world, to be honest. Well, there's, I think that there's, you know good and bad and everything but yes there we we have so much information overload and we don't really need other people to get the information for us because it's all at our fingertips you're right on our phone so we've separated ourselves from having relationships with people because we yeah. don't necessarily need them for for anything you don't even need to talk to anybody you just send a text well and i and i, I feel like that that's it's harmful and and there's this this concept that keeps getting passed around with just remember you don't need people that's not a good idea to need people it's better to want them and i'm like i don't necessarily believe that i feel like there has to be some sense of need um for a a well balanced relationship whether it's a partner or um a friendship um a um a coworker that you have a relationship with. Like you need people. We need people. I don't I so whenever I hear that I'm like I'm not with you because it, I I need you. I'm with you because I want you. I'm like mm, well that doesn't make me feel very good. So it you know and there's the, on the other side there's it takes a village to raise a child. Well, how can you say you don't need people then? You need people. And people, but you need people who's going to plant the seed with you. Right. So, and you need people who's going to harvest it with you. Otherwise, what is the point of you? Mhm. So that so that's the thing is like I you know, we grew up in a generation 
with these tools and subconsciously we just soaked up all of these books and these ideas of how how the world operated and we were lucky i honestly feel like we were lucky i mean we went without and we saw a lot of struggle like in our personal um, experience um and i do associate like with a lot of people that have the same thing like oh crap crap we we grew up super poor and that helped us but then it hindered us later because we were like oh my gosh if we could just like not you know uh shelter our kids from ever having to have to go without right and in they doing would, so or hurting them they would be happier they would be more successful and honestly no they're entitled <laughs> they're rotten <laughs> they're entitled and, and it's our are, fault are there are children why because we got our faces in the phones we're not paying attention to right next to us we're looking at our phones but we're the parents knowing better we're buying phones for our kids and i can speak for myself where I would like my kids to have a phone because I want to know where they are. I want, okay. I want access to them. That's super convenient. I do like that aspect because I'm I'm a worry wart. Mm-hmm. I'm a mom. I just am. But at the same time, like, I hate my kids having phones. I hate it. I know, but you can't have both. It's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Right. So that's the same thing with the the internet. It's like how we're so, you know, like we're so disconnected. Um, but we, you know, we do need this information, but we don't need so much access to it. But we need our kids to have a cell phone, but we don't need them to have 500 apps and games and social media, you know? Right. So do we need our kids to have a cell phone? Though? We actually, we actually like, do don't really we don't. We, we have to work on our fear. We survived, right? Exactly. We have to work on our fear. I think it's the fear. And, um, that's, that, that's something that it's, it's just going to be so hard to like. Well, honestly, how can you, it's so hard to get over that in this day and age though. Mm-hmm. I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember when we were young, like, I don't remember being afraid of walking 12 blocks to the convenience store to... No, we would steal mom's change out of her out of her closet, little piggy bank remover, <laughs> stick our arms in yeah, there and take never, it out. I never felt Walk down to I, our store. <laughs> and mom was never afraid. Why are we afraid? How did we get fear? How did we, how did we find fear? Mm. That's a good question. I think as parents, the best thing that we can do for ourselves is somehow get over our fear of our kids actually being able to survive in this world. We do. Because we're not being a good hen. And we talked about that. No, we are not being a good hen. We're not being a good hen. And that's that's the one thing that we have to start. Like, we have to take a look back at what are we doing what what are we in control of because we don't have the power to change other people but we can we we do have the power to um teach people how to treat us but we are responsible for all these little piglets and these ducklings and we have to we have to be that person that teaches them how to be 
kind and how to survive in this world. So we have to take a deep, hard look at ourselves and find out what it is that we have to get over. And one of the things is this fear. There is basis for that fear, though. I understand you that. Know, like, but if you teach your children what they're supposed to do in situations that can make them unsafe, then your fear should be decreased. So, for example, I allow my child to run the streets. And he does have a phone and I have access to him. But there are people that have access to their children with cell phones, but they don't let them just walk to the park or hang out with their friends down the road. That's not, that's not fair. But if you teach your child that if someone was coming after you, like stranger danger, <laughs> you know, hey kid, want some candy, you know, stuff like that. If you have taught your child that that's not safe and if they felt unsafe, then they should be smart enough to run to a neighbor's house. Or guess what? They could use their cell phone and call. <sighs> you know what? This would just be so much easier if there wasn't sickos out there in the world trying to steal my children. But there were always them in the no, world. I know. It's, we just didn't just have bummer. access to know where they were. And that's truly the truth. Yeah. We just didn't know they were there. But we kind of got off on a tangent and I, I want to come back and like talk about, you know, the little red hen and the takers and the entitlement and the disconnect that we're having and, and, uh, what your thoughts were more about that. So, okay. So, oh, before we started, I was saying, mm -hmm. so there was a time, like I did have that mind frame of, Everybody should have a piece of the pie. Like, why don't we share? That's the nice thing to do. That's the kind thing to do, right? I I was mm -hmm. I was a total Democrat, right? <laughs> oh boy, we're not getting No no no, no we're not doing that. <laughs> not Sorry, doing but politics. I'm just saying okay. like no 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 politics. But what I'm saying is like I had that mentality. Uh -huh. Like, why don't I get this? Why can't I have this? Why is everybody else getting this? Couldn't figure it out for some reason, whatever, I don't know, whatever it was. And I wanted to buy a house and I had shitty credit. It was horrible credit. And I realized like, and it was a slow fade. Like I realized if I want this, I'm going to have to do something about it. And then you start working for it and it takes discipline because to pay off those collection bills or whatever, you have to be disciplined and set aside in your budget to make these payments and work out these deals. And yeah, it's like harvesting, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like your harvest. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I no longer have that mentality of everybody should get a piece anymore just for being here. Not everyone gets a trophy. Not everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want something bad enough, what do you do? You work for it. You do whatever it takes. Right. Whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. People aren't doing that anymore. No. Everybody just wants a handout. Everybody just wants a slice of that bread. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to work anymore. No, but it's our own fault. Like you said, like we train people how to mm -hmm. treat us. Mm -hmm. So, but, but these things can be overcome because think about it. In your example with your house, you had to fix your credit. You had to do all that work and now you bought a house, right? I bought a house. So people can. No, you can. You can. 
You can. And people need to. But if you just keep, okay, so like my thing has always been and I've realized like nobody helps me bake the bread, but I still feed anybody anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what we do as mother hens. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, but I realize like I do it to myself. Yeah, so you don't have any boundaries. <laughs> That's so, a whole other podcast. So, I don't know. Isn't there like, uh, why pay for the cow when you're getting the milk, milk for, for free? free? <laughs> Dude, we I could tell write, you what, those we, old people know everything, I swear. I know. We thought We thought we were smart. They were pretty smart people. You know what, though, if you think about it. The story was what written in 1918. So that's so obviously some things never change. Maybe it wasn't like it was. We think it was back in those days, just because the stories we've heard. But obviously they needed that story. Well, and right, but I think that they found it. They found a um, they found what works, and they were trying to pass that down from generation to generation, so that we that so that we could continue to survive. I truly do not believe that the world can survive the way the the way that it's rolling. Like, there's so many jobs, but not enough people to do them. People want everything for free. Eventually, that that's gonna run out. It it's not gonna last forever. We cannot survive this. Right. And we and ha- the people that know how to bake the bread will survive. Right. And the people that don't won't. Yeah, and that's kind of like um, survival of the fittest, right? But this could end in, like, a lot of chaos for some people, and it doesn't have to. Right. But this this country, like, this world cannot survive on just takers. I think we were just talking about in our last um, podcast about uh, reciprocity and social exchange theory. You're going to have to tell me what reciprocity means. <laughs> so it's, like, reciprocating. So, um you match my energy so like say there's like a line and we meet each other in the middle now if i have to keep crossing the line to come over and bake your bread for you and make you know put it all together and then bake it for you and then give it to you slice it for you put butter on it so you can eat it i will do that i absolutely will do that and i i'm hoping i'm hopeful that you learned how to take care of your bread your harvest and you're like every time you're like I need bread and so I have to come over to your side and do it again hey I need you to pay attention this isn't gonna last but what are you coming over to do on my side no that's what I'm doing I'm coming to your side so like here's the line and I will I will come over to your side and I will show you how to bake the bread and I will give you all the stuff and then I'll bake it for you and slice it for you and give you butter right and you're like thanks and I'm like, okay, I'm going back on my side, but you never come to That's me. That's what I'm saying. Right. What do I go do on your side? And I'm like, gosh, I'm real tired of this. So I stop. And so you're, you didn't reciprocate for me, and I always overcompensated for you. So there's no reciprocity. And ultimately, what do you think happens? With the bread. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's exactly what freaking happens. And that little pig and and cow and duck are starving to death. To death. To death. Correct. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it just can't last forever. And we have, so we have to really do our part while we are here 
to be teachers and have boundaries. And I think that's one of the takeaways that we need to, you know, people need to hear. Well, you should. And you know what? Honestly, okay. So one thing I noticed about myself over time, you know, like I said, the moment that I realized I wanted something and I was going to have to work for it. It's just, it's just character building. And, you know, it is a slow fade and it happens over time and you build this over time. Like, but why wouldn't you want to feel good like that? Because you don't know what you don't know. I guess that's true, too. Mm-hmm. It's like we expect. It's almost like an expectation that like we we sheltered our our youth from all the pain and suffering and misery. And then we're like, OK, now you're an adult and get out of the nest. And they fall to the ground and we're like what the hell is wrong with you they need some they need some pain and suffering they need some character building so we're i I feel like it's partly uh, it's partly of our doing and so we have to learn how to overcome some fear and let our kids fail and we don't let our kids fail Uh, we started not letting our kids fail when everybody at the Little League's baseball team got a participation trophy. Trophy. Nobody got to lose. Yeah. And it isn't till now, the more success stories that I hear about are people that literally hit rock bottom. So there's got to, fi- we have to find something in between. Like you don't have to go, you know, to the bottom of the barrel before, you know, you have a comeback. And those stories are great. Don't get me wrong. Like you, you get knocked down like to the bottom and you come back even, you know, swinging and like you're, you're climbing Mount Everest. Great. That's an, that's an amazing success story. And I love hearing about those, but people don't have to do that. No, you just got to catch them in the beginning. Like I, I should have whooped my kids' ass long time ago. Mm Mm-hmm. But see, we we go from like one extreme to another. Like we don't literally need to like take a belt or. <laughs> or Are you sure? Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> I'm like 10 lashings for you. Put your hands on your on the table. Like stuff like we don't need to be that no, extreme. No, no, no. Not like that extreme. Like let the punishment fit the crime. Mm-hmm. Like I wish I would, I do wish I would have spanked my kids more. I do. I probably wouldn't be dealing with the backlash right now if I had. Like, I wish I could go back, but you can't go back. So what do you do now? Mm-hmm. But we I have to starve them. <laughs> I have to starve them. Correct. I didn't whoop their ass when they were two. Mm-hmm. So, so now every, I have to starve them. Now you have to know what it's like to go hungry. But I have to do something now. Like, you can't just know something and continue on with the way it is but this is yeah and the, and this is the thing is like it, it's becoming more and more dramatic and people are looking for solutions like instant gratification like uh, i'm gonna take a pill and it's gonna all of a sudden fix my anxiety or i can't think of another example at this minute but people are like oh i can be a total shit show and then i'm gonna just do something and then i'm gonna be magically fixed I think some people are just happy skating by, too. I don't think so. I do. No. I think they're lost and confused. 
Oh, definitely lost and confused, but I think like they're you said, just ex- like you don't know until you know. Right. I think people are just accepting life for what they think it is, and that's why we're so off track. Like uh, we have know. people that are that go to work for literally two weeks, and they complain of being so stressed out that they have to take a mental health day from work. What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Like I know I can't even believe that's the thing. I've never even heard of that before. Oh well, let me enlighten you. That like like we you know sick days were a thing you know and you go to a job and you're like oh you get sick time and you get paid time off yeah I just got that (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome yeah it's great (laughs) but like. You, do you take advantage of it? You're like, oh, I got nine. No, I can't I, take advantage of it because there's nobody to work for me because nobody will work these days. <laughs> Everybody's getting free money. So nobody wants to get up and go do anything. And Isn't it funny? They're like, I'm like, you know what? It's You could give me 364 sick days, but it's bullshit. It's bullshit. I, I can't take a single one. one of them. It's ridiculous. I've waited 11 years to get to this moment. I know. I, and now I can't even get a day off. Why? Because nobody wants to get off their couch and go work for their money. Because everything's getting handed to them. Because everything's getting handed to them. I know. So sometimes I'm like, shoot, am I the stupid one? Who's really the smart no, one? No, you're not the stupid one. <laughs> you're building character, remember? No, I know. I know. I'm just kidding. Right? Yeah, but... So because now, someday that money's going to run out. So that's what I'm saying. The world cannot function this way forever. Right. Correct. It's going to run out. Mm-hmm. They're they're not going to have anything to give anybody, nothing, and money ain't going to be shit. Right. And unless you know how to grow your food and grind it up and bake your bread, you're going to starve to death. Mm-hmm. So like I said, going back to this work thing, um, yeah, you're, you can take like a mental health day because people are so just emotionally That's distraught. ridiculous. I can't even but support this is, that. But this is what's happening. Because we keep lowering the standards. Do you remember that? Oh, I know. Do you remember that me. Carlos Mencia uh, stand-up <laughs> we watched where he's talking about how we keep lowering the standards for yep. people because they're like, oh, wait, this and that, and oh. I got ADD, and I got ADHD, and oh... You know, and we just keep lowering the standards. That's exactly what's happened. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me the other day, like, well, if you just put the bar on the floor, then you don't really have a standard anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not wrong. But this is this is the drama, right? It's we're either way up or we're way down. But yes, this is what's happening. And we have, you know, people just so emotional about things. But I think they're so, so emotional. Emo- I think it's an emotional thing because people just don't know how to act. I think people just use it as an excuse to I, get out of whatever it I, is they don't want to do. Well, I, I can agree to some of that. No, I mean, I'm sure some of it's real. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some, some there are some out there that just can't function because this or that or this or that. There's so there there are people out there just taking advantage of it though. Why? Because they can. Because they're lazy. Because they and they can. don't want to work. They just want to eat the bread. Well, and the squeaky wheel like is the one that gets hurt. So the people that complain the most, it's crazy. It's it's wild. Um, I was having this conversation at work. I'm like, the better you are at your job, the more competent you are. The less you complain, the more the, work they give you. The more work they give you. Yeah, it's true. But the less competent and the more whiny, 
you get catered to and it's wild. And I, and I remember That's thinking, super true. you know, I, I remember when I was 17 years old, I was in dance team. I went to school and I worked a full-time job and I was so tired one day I fell asleep after school and I was about 25 minutes late to work and I showed up and the owner of the business walked out of the door. I didn't even make it all the way in. And he asked me for my key. He said, this is your last day. Well, you didn't even get the day. And I lost my job because I couldn't perform. And I showed up late. And, that's, and what did you do? I went, Did you form a committee? No, I went. Did you form a group in an organization? <laughs> did you, did no. you change Kong? Did you change laws to suit? To suit what happened to you? No, you just dealt with it, right? Yeah, I was like, well, learn. That was a learning opportunity. Learn your lesson. I learned my lesson. Don't be late. That was like an ass beating. I was really, I was really upset about that. I'm like, oh, I don't like when people are disappointed in me. But that's what happened. You lost your job. If you couldn't perform, you lost your job. You lost your now, job. if you can't perform, let me fucking bake that bread for you. <laughs> Here's the butter and a butter knife, silver platter, boom. And why? Because if you don't, there's always controversy and there's always backlash. Controversy and backlash and and peoples are forming groups and getting together and changing laws and saying this ain't fair and that ain't fair and this ain't fair. Life ain't fair. Thank you. It's just not fair. And not everybody's going to like you. The world does not revolve around you. It's true. Right. And I, I, you're not the only table in the restaurant. <laughs> so, so for real, a little left field. Sorry, now it's true. It's true. Everybody lives in their own realities, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I live in my own. I'm 40, so now I get to do. We all I do. Um, but I don't think that we're the only people that think like this. No, we're not. But why do people keep functioning like it then? Because that little red hen is going to feed people because they're hungry. I know. And that's got that's that's to stop. They have to, like, we, we need to start reading to our kids again and explaining to them what the book actually Yeah, we means. need to start looking at our kids again. We need to start talking to our kids. We need to put down the phones. For real, for real. I, I hear so much complaining and I do so much complaining. Don't get me wrong. I complain about my kids all the time. And I'm like, why are you like this? It's totally because I'm not I'm not doing what I should be doing. I'm mm. always there. I'm always at home with my kids. Am I always present in the moment with my kids? I can't honestly say that. And it's something that I've been thinking about lately and something that I've been um, just really struggling with because my kids are getting older and they don't want to hang out with me anymore. Oh, my God. And so, like, I've realized, Girl. like, oh, my God, this is it. Mm-hmm. I don't have the influence or the power over them that I used to. Like, I'm not their world anymore. So I'm just trying to do, and you know, like I'm, I used to be like, uh, I feel like everything should happen overnight. I want instant results. I oh, want I that instant gratification. Yes. But I've realized, like I, I recently went through an experience in life a few months ago that has taught me so much patience and that things happen over time. So I started started taking my son Wyatt to a martial arts class. He's, I'm taking him to Chris Reina. 
oh, over at Sidekicks. Nice. Yeah. Way to go, Sidekicks. Shout out to Sidekicks. Yeah. And what, what? I'm super excited about it. I think he's got a really good program going on. Oh, yeah. He used, to, it together. he used to work with kids in schools all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Wyatt's super excited about this. And it has, there's been a little bit of a change in him. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's been kind of regressing. Old habits die hard. But I've made a commitment. I have to drive him there two days a week mm-hmm. from Middleton to Nampa. And it's a lot, but I'm doing it. Like, I'm, I, have to, I have to do that. I have mm-hmm. to do that for him mm-hmm. while he's still moldable. Right. Well, and the other thing is, too, is that he's seeing that you're taking time out of your schedule. Exactly. To do these things for him. And then he will do that in his own life. So these are all teaching tools. Right. But we have to be patient and we have to talk to them like, so when I get off work, instead of what I would normally do, I'm going to take you because this is important to me. And it's important to you. And what's important to you should be important to me. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all a learning curve. So, like, we're, you know, like, the world isn't going to just, like, end in a big, like, explosion. Like, we're going to crash and, like, everything will explode. But it it's going to get, it could get, it's possibly possible to get really ugly. And I know there's a lot of people that feel the same way. And I think that we just need to, like, slow down and take an opportunity to remember, like, our foundation and what what made us who we are today and pass that on yeah instill those values instill that because like we we were raised like i didn't have a cell phone until i was 21 years old and even then it mm-hmm. was those big old nokias remember those yeah <laughs> yeah with like the antenna <laughs> and that you, you can like, just talk up. on them like and there was like, no oh. such thing as text i had a pager in high school right i never had a pager you didn't i paid for it myself though did you yeah with my high school job <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but think think about this though. Like when we didn't have phones, we had to go find people. We had to go find people, and and you had to learn those skills. Right. And those... So you had to have a car, if you unless you wanted to ride a bike, but you had to earn your money for a car, and then you had to have money for gas, and then you had to have insurance, and then you went and hung Don't out with your friends. Don't get me started on gas. Oh, we're not going there. However, so think about this: if you had to work for all of that so you could have more freedom. But then to actually go and see somebody, you had to go and find them. That means to me, if you come over to my house to see me and sit with me, I feel valued. You're worth my time. You're worth my time. Mm-hmm. It's not the same when you FaceTime me. Even though like it, we have that connection and I can see your face, I could do that anywhere. I could FaceTime you from New York. I could FaceTime you from Mexico. That we're not feeling valued. So that also just validates our belief that we don't need people. Well, and you don't have to make an effort to do that either. Like you're just sitting wherever you're sitting and you're pushing a button and you can see someone's face. Like there's no effort in that. Correct. So that's what I'm saying. Like we, it only validates when I have so much access, like at my fingertips there, I don't, I, I question value. Like you could text me all day long and you don't, so you don't value me. And then you call me on FaceTime once in a while when you live two blocks down the road. Like, do you value me? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, people are so confused about, about like, how people actually think about them because there's too much. 
There's too many sources, too many tools to to keep it all together. Yeah, there's yeah. too much. But when you come over, even calling me on the phone, but coming over to the to my house, like when we would just go and like hang out at people's houses, I felt valued. I felt like they want to hang out with me because they wouldn't come all the way over if they didn't. Yeah. And I never had to question that. Well, why would you? I just never did. It's never been a thought process. It's never been a thought process because it was always there. Right. And now it's missing. And I, so I tell, you know, I tell people, I'm like, like, I want to engage with you. I want, I want this energy. But when you don't, when, when there's so many different ways to like connect with people, it just validates that people don't think they need people. And if you don't have connection, if there aren't like those, like that, that connection with people sitting with people, that energy, that, that exchange, then that's where all the, the, the emotional dysfunction comes in. Like we're depressed, we're isolated, we're questioning, we're confused. We don't have a routine. We don't want to do anything. We don't want to go out. We want to put ourselves out on social media. And then we like see the people that see our social media. And then we're like, Ooh, that's weird. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't I don't give me started on social media. Let's talk about social media. <laughs> well, if we had more time, we, <laughs> we would do that. But I think that, you know, if you're listening today, I think it's just a good idea to take a conscious effort and just kind of like reevaluate where you're spending your time in your day and think about um, ways to, you know, reinvest your time into the things that really matter and things that you can control, like with change. What do you think, Shuck? I completely agree with you. <laughs> so uh, my sister no. has a hidden talent. Oh, so just because we're in the studio, I wanted her to, um, I wanted her to play her guitar. So um, before we go, um, she's got this really, um, this really awesome little ditty. That she's going to play for us today. So my sister. Okay. So we grew up. Um, our father was pretty talented in the um, instrumental department. He was a great singer. He played instruments. We did none of that. We grew up with our mother. Our very uh, amazing, admirable mother. And she was just a worker. So she's she's instilled that that work ethic. That hard work ethic. And my sister took that work ethic and decided that she wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And so she taught herself how to play the guitar at how old were you? I don't know. Like, what, eight, nine, ten years ago? Something like that. <laughs> so now she, like, plays at different venues. And I love to support her. And I love to listen to her sing. And it's it's really encouraging because I don't think that people understand that um, life is limitless. The possibilities of anything that you want to do are just limitless. And don't forget that. But you're only going to learn that if you help bake the bread. <laughs> <laughs> you need to harvest. Yes. Um, so what are you going to play for today, yeah. Shug? Well, uh, I like, I like the Betty Davis I. Oh, I was going to do one of my own. Oh, you want to do your own? Well, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't really know a song that kind of goes along with what we're talking about, but... No, it doesn't have to go along. It's just, like, it's just a part of who you are, and 
and how amazing like we you know how far you come in life and things that we understand and all right okay so do it give us a little ditty This one I wrote with a friend of mine. There's a little bit of her in there. and I guess this might be the most inspirational one I got. Okay. Well, you told me to stay tough. And you told me don't take no shit from anyone. Well, you lifted me so I never touch the ground well, hey sister I'm right here Sister, we got this. I just want to say that um, I hope that you guys listening today really enjoyed our podcast. Um, it was really good to sit here with you in the studio today and 
Yeah, I mean, this feels a little formal from our normal conversations, for sure, for <laughs> sure. But maybe, uh, I really liked being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we go, I have a question that I ask everybody. Sure. Is there any, like, words of wisdom or anything that we didn't talk about or say real quick that you wanted to share with our audience? A long time ago, a friend of mine once told me, and this, this kind of changed my life a bit. Don't sweat the small stuff. And it's all small stuff. And then just one other one other little something um, that kind of changed the course of my life at one moment in time um, that really sticks with me today still is um, to deal with the faults of others as gently as you deal with your own. That's I just like a good that. one for me. Yeah. Yeah. That one's, that one's really changed a lot for me. For sure. So that's some great. Good stuff to think I, about. I love all of that. So thank you for joining in this week. Uh, we hope that you did get something out of this. Uh, please contact us. And you can find more of Sugar's songs on Facebook. She goes live sometimes. Uh, Nicole Preston. Are you at Nicole Preston still? Oh, Nicole Riley. Oops, sorry. I'm married now. <laughs> Oopsies. Yeah, find her at Nicole Riley Facebook. Uh, she's always playing around town in the 2C. But thank you for joining in. I hope you guys have a good week. Uh, go get what you want. And help bake the bread. <laughs> <laughs>